I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Fabio Vieira. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Match Day audio program. Arsenal versus West Ham United, Thursday, December the 28th, 2023. Kickoff, 8.15pm. The contents. Captain's notes around Arsenal. Player feature, David Raya. My fave shirt. Community highlights. Sustainability. Academy Young Gun, Miles Lewis Skelly. Around the Academy. Women. Visitors, West Ham United. Match action, PSV Eindhoven versus Arsenal. Match action, Arsenal versus Brighton and Hove Albion. And teams. Martin Odegaard. Captain's Notes. We're all looking forward to a brilliant atmosphere here tonight as we take on West Ham. The games at this time of year always have a special feeling. We played West Ham on Boxing Day last year, the first game back after the World Cup break, and it was a really good game for us with a great atmosphere. West Ham have shown again this season how strong they are. They're solid defensively, good on the counters, and they have a lot of physical qualities too. Also. They have individual players who can make the difference on their own. Players like Ward-Prowse, Paqueta, Kudus, lots of them. And when you play a team like that, it's really important that you're fully prepared, knowing what their strengths are and how to try to stop them. We spend a lot of time on that with the coaches and analysts to come up with plans, and then it's down to us to execute them on the day. We have to understand our roles, be focused in training and in meetings beforehand. Basically, we all know that if we can do what we're told to do on the pitch, it will turn out well for us. That's what we focus on, and then it's down to what we can do in the game. We had a really dominant performance against Brighton in our last game here at the Emirates. In fact, I would say it was one of our best performances of the season so far. I think we controlled everything really well, and that's even more impressive to do against a team like Brighton. It's very hard to dominate a team like them. So it was a strong game for us, a really good performance from everyone. And the only thing you can say is that we should have scored a few more goals. At half-time, it was still goalless, but we were very confident. We knew we were playing so well that we would score in the end. That was the feeling, to keep believing and keep going, doing what we were doing in the first half, 
A few people have mentioned to me about my pass to Bukayo into the penalty area in the first half, and I have to say I was pleased with that one. I've watched it back a couple of times, and I'm really proud of that contribution. It was a nice one. I had a few chances again, like I've had lately, and I'm just disappointed I wasn't able to score on the day. That Brighton game especially, I was taking a lot of shots. A few of the boys were joking with me that I must have set a new record for most shots in a game without scoring. I had a lot of opportunities, but it wasn't my day for scoring. The main thing was that the team played well and we got the win, so I'm happy. But of course I want to add goals as well. I said I wanted to celebrate my birthday with three points, which is what we did, so it was a good day. I'm pleased with my form generally. I had a little issue going on with my hip for a few games, but I feel a lot better now, so it's looking good and I want to keep it going. As I've spoken about before, this is a huge period in the Premier League and every team will face big challenges. Every team will drop points, like we've seen over the last few weeks. Of course, it's natural that you see what other teams around us are doing and when they drop points, that's good for us. But your main focus is always on what you can do yourselves. If we don't do our job ourselves, then it doesn't matter. So we have to maintain our own standards. We have to do our job, work hard and keep preparing well. These few weeks can be crucial. We need to get the points now and then see where we are when we get to the winter break in January. With no game on Boxing Day this year, our schedule was a little bit different to usual. We were able to have Christmas Day off and I could see my family and spend time with them. In the last couple of weeks, players from our men's and women's teams have also spent time with supporters around Christmas, visiting people in hospital and community projects which the club runs across London. I went to the Royal Free Hospital with Ben White, Jacob Kibwiel and Moel Nenny. We met many people, lots who are Arsenal supporters, who'll be in hospital over Christmas. It was great to spend some time in hospital with young people, because this time of year everything is a bit more emotional. If you're struggling with illness or having a bad time, Christmas can make things seem even more tough. So if we as players can do anything to lift somebody's mood or make them smile, then we're proud to do this. I'm proud that as a football club we place huge importance in our communities. All the players visited other hospitals and also community events, which the club runs through the year. And we all said the same. It's so good when we can help make somebody's day just by spending time with them. Earlier this month, it was also a privilege to meet up with some of our visually impaired supporters group after the Wolves game. The Arsenal family is a huge community with so many people and I'm proud the club does so much work to make sure everybody feels an important part of Arsenal. Thanks again for your brilliant support and on behalf of everyone in the dressing room, have a great new year. Around Arsenal, Premier League, at Emirates in 2023, 17 games won, 6 games drew, 2 games lost, 66 goals scored, 26 goals conceded. Home, but not alone, P25, W17, D6, L2, F66. A26. It has been an incredible year of action at Emirates Stadium.
with plenty of highs and a couple of lows along the way. And we want to thank each and every one of you for your support before we head into what's shaping up to be an even more exciting 2024. And while we hope you are enjoying your Christmas, of course, we do have some stats for you to digest, along with those turkey sandwiches. Our record at home has been strong over the past year. Of the 25 games played at the Emirates in 2023 to date, we won 17, drew 6 and lost just 2. We also scored 66 goals at an average of just over 2.6 per game and conceded just 26. Those victories included a 6-0 over Lens, two 5-0s, Wolves, Sheffield United, two 4-0 wins, Everton, PSV, and two 4-1s, Crystal Palace, Leeds United. Happy New Year! Our full home record in 2023 is as follows. 3rd of January 2023, Newcastle United, PL, 0-0. 22nd of January 2023, Manchester United, PL, 3-2. Enketia, 2, Saka. 11th of February 2023, Brentford, PL, 1-1, Trossard. 15th of February 2023, Manchester City, PL, 1-3, Saka. 1st of March 2023, Everton, PL, 4-0, Saka, Martinelli, 2, Odegaard. 5th of March 2023, Bournemouth, PL, 3-2, Party, White, Nelson. 16th of March 2023, Sporting, UEL, 1-1, Shakar. 19th of March 2023, Crystal Palace, PL, 4-1, Martinelli, Saka, 2, Shakar. 1st of April 2023, Leeds United, PL, 4-1, Jesus, 2, White, Saka. 21st of April 2023, Southampton, PL, 3-3, Martinelli, Odegaard, Saka. 2nd of May 2023, Chelsea, PL, 3-1, Odegaard, 2, Jesus. 14th of May 2023, Brighton and Hove Albion, PL, 0-3. 28th of May 2023, Wolves, PL, 5-0, Shaka, 2, Saka, Jesus, Kiwior. 12th of August 2023, Nottingham Forest, PL, 2-1, Enketia, Saka. 26th of August 2023, Fulham, PL, 2-2, Saka, P, Enketia. 3rd of September 2023, Manchester United, PL, 3-1, Odegaard, Rice, Jesus. 20th of September 2023, PSV Eindhoven, UCL, 4-0, Saka, Trossar, Jesus, Odegaard. 24th of September 2023, Tottenham Hotspur, PL, 
8.22. Romero, O.G., Saka, P. 8th of October, 2023. Manchester City, P.L., 1-0. Martinelli. 28th of October, 2023. Sheffield United, P.L., 5-0. Enketia, 3. Vieira, P. Tomiyasu. 8th of November, 2023, Sevilla, UCL, 2-0, Trossard, Saka. 11th of November, 2023, Burnley, PL, 3-1, Trossard, Saliba, Zinchenko. 29th of November, 2023, RC Lens, UCL, 6-0, Havertz, Jesus, Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard, Giorgino, P. 2nd of December, 2023, Wolves, PL, 2-1, Saka, Odegaard. 17th of December, 2023, Brighton and Hove Albion, PL, 2-0, Jesus, Havertz. Poppy shirts raise thousands for Royal British Legion. We're pleased to announce that our men's and women's first team shirts, worn in the lead-up to Remembrance Day this year, with specially designed embroidered poppies, raised £78,717 for the Royal British Legion to help support serving and ex-serving army personnel and their families. The women's shirts were worn in our games against Manchester City, Bristol City and Leicester City in November. The shirt worn and signed by Alessia Russo raised the most of our club shirts across both teams, going for just over £5,705. The men's shirts were worn in our fixtures against Newcastle United on November 4th and Burnley on November 11th, the day before Remembrance Sunday. Bukayo Saka and Leandro Trossard signed match-worn shirts in those fixtures led the way for our men's team, raising nearly £3,500 each. Over the last two years, the club has proudly raised £165,805 for the Royal British Legion, with the help of online auction site Match-Worn Shirt. Ref Watch Today's referee is Michael Oliver, aged 38, from Ashington. He became the youngest ever Premier League referee in 2010, and as well as featuring regularly in the Premier League, he officiates in European club competitions, World Cup and European Championships. Michael has taken charge of 12 Premier League games this season, showing 50 yellow cards and 4 red and those matches have included our home wins over Burnley, Manchester City and Nottingham Forest. Meet the mascots Tonight's home mascot is Maxwell, aged 12, from Greys, whose favourite players are Bukayo Saka, Gabrielle Martinelli and William Saliba. The West Ham mascot is Isabella, aged 8, from Hornchurch. We hope you both enjoy your day. NMR Shirts for More Young Role Models The No More Red initiative launched in January 2022 with Adidas 
to support the long-standing work being done by Arsenal in the community to keep young people safe from knife crime and youth violence. Within that, one of the aims was to spotlight the work of young people who have made a positive difference. And the latest recipients of our special No More Red Shirts today are Emilia and Reggie. Emilia was a volunteer mentor at Copenhagen Youth Project, CYP, one of our No More Red charity partners for over a year before becoming a full-time carer for her mother. Despite having to give up her role at CYP, Emilia continued to attend and support various projects, such as organising trips, supporting Girls Club, planning events, cooking and ensuring the kitchen was spotless. Emilia has always been a keen footballer and also plays for the CYP girls team. In the last month, she has returned to volunteering at CYP and is a credit to both young people and her family. Reggie is a mentor at CYP and a keen sportsman. His main sport is basketball, and he currently plays for Islington Panthers under-16s and under-18s. Reggie has demonstrated motivation, passion and great maturity in the sport, and has brought this same attitude into his mentoring at CYP. He is determined and focused, and he is prepared to challenge for the rights of young people when required. Reggie works as a mentor on two sessions per week, football and youth club. Champions League dates confirmed. As we're sure you would have discovered by now, we have been drawn against FC Porto in the Champions League round of 16. The dates and kickoff times for the fixtures have been confirmed as FC Porto v Arsenal, Wednesday, February the 21st, 2024, Estadio do Dragao. Kickoff 8 p.m. UK time. Arsenal v FC Porto, Tuesday, March the 12th, 2024, Emirates Stadium. Kickoff 8 p.m. Suspension threshold. This fixture is our 19th of the Premier League season, reaching the halfway point in the competition. Following this game, the threshold for bookings to trigger a suspension rises from 5 cards to 10. If a player reaches 10 bookings up to and including our 32nd fixture, they will receive an automatic two-match ban. Prior to our match with Liverpool, the team sat top of the Fair Play League with just 21 yellow cards and one red so far this season. New dates for your diary. Please note that the following February Premier League fixtures have been rescheduled as a result of TV selections. Arsenal v Liverpool, Sunday, February the 4th, 2024. Originally Saturday, February the 3rd. Kickoff, 4.30pm, live on Sky Sports. West Ham United v Arsenal. Sunday, February the 11th, 2024. Originally, Saturday, February the 10th. Kickoff, 2pm. Live on Sky Sports. Arsenal v Newcastle United. Saturday, February the 24th, 2024. Kickoff, 8pm. 
Originally 3 p.m. Live on TNT Sports. Five Star Supporters Clubs. Today we welcome fans from Arsenal Gloucester Supporters Club, which was formed in October 2004 to help the local fan base watch Arsenal, develop friendships, and make dreams happen. Membership is capped at 200, with a lengthy waiting list. As members have joined from around Gloucester and the surrounding counties in the southwest, the geographical spread means meeting up isn't always easy. But the group does get together for its annual AGM, social events, and our community projects. And last season held its first major social event, an evening with Perry Groves. We use our full ticket allocation each match. And we try to help our members enhance their matchday experience by providing them with suggestions for things to do around the stadium and the wider Islington area. It would be fair to say that the club shop is the major attraction. The club is proud that three of its members are from the Goring family: Jeff, Claire, and Charlie, who are relatives of the former Arsenal captain Peter Goring. And we're proud of the club's efforts away from football too, as well as raising money for the Arsenal Foundation. AGSC bought trees in the Arsenal Forest for its youngest members, and is involved in the food bank project. Enjoy your day and keep up the great work. Step by step proves a big hit. Our latest documentary series, Step by Step, aired before Christmas. And it has been a huge hit with supporters, as well as across the wider media, with many news outlets highlighting issues raised in the five-part series. Step by Step follows Arsenal strikers Beth Mead and Viviane Midema in their rehabilitation from the ACL injuries they suffered within weeks of each other in late 2022. And delves into the physical and mental challenges of recovering from such serious injuries. Notably, both Viv and Beth wanted to make sure that their injuries didn't put young girls off playing football, and we're delighted that this issue in particular has received coverage in the wider media. One of the reasons we wanted to do this documentary was so the next generation won't be scared of injuring their ACL. Because help exists, says Viv. If you missed it, and we'll forgive you just this once, because Christmas is a busy time, you can still access all five episodes at Arsenal.com. Ticket news: Home tickets: Arsenal v Liverpool, FA Cup third round, Sunday, January the seventh, KO, 4:30 p.m. Tickets on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red, and JG members via the ticket exchange until 1:30 p.m. on Sunday, January the seventh. Arsenal v Crystal Palace, Premier League, Saturday, January the twentieth, KO 12:30 p.m. Tickets on sale to Silver, Cannon, Red, and JGs via ticket exchange. Until 9:30 a.m. on Saturday, January the 30th. Arsenal v Liverpool, Premier League, Sunday, February the 4th, KO 4:30 p.m. 
The ballots open for this match on Friday, December the 29th at 10am and close on Monday, January the 1st at 10am. Arsenal v Newcastle United, Premier League, Saturday, February the 24th, KO, 8pm. The ballots open for this match at 10am on Friday, January the 5th and close on Monday, January the 8th at 10am. Away tickets. Fulham v Arsenal. Craven Cottage. Premier League. Sunday, December the 31st. KO, 2pm. Tickets for this match sold out to Platinum, Gold and Travel Club members with 30-plus away points. Notice board. Happy 12th birthday today to Ollie Callahan. Have a great day. We love you loads. Love Mummy, Daddy and Bob. Happy birthday to my fabulous friend Kelly McGowan. I'm lucky to have you in my life. Love from Natasha, Aaron and Seren Louise. Happy 80th birthday to Kathy Lindblom. Love from Michael and family. Luca Ventris. Let's celebrate a win on your 12th birthday. All our love, Mum, Dad, Lilia and Leo. Happy 60th birthday, Wendy Jones. Love Mike, Sean, Jess and James. Happy 25th birthday, Annabelle. Love from Jordan and Team T. Wishing Steve Howcroft, a lifelong gooner, a very quick recovery after heart surgery. Get well soon, mate, and cheer us on to the title. Happy 68th birthday, Mike. Thanks for all the games. Love, Joe, Sarah, Eve. Happy 10th birthday, Harry Duncan. From Mum, Dad and Jake. Massive happy birthday to Isla, 11, and Lucy Underwood, 9, with lots of Arsenal love from Mummy, Daddy and Lewis. Happy 8th birthday, Dulcie Ferrugia. Love always, Dad, Mum, Maisie, Amy, Cubby, Sarah and Bear. C-O-Y-G. Happy 13th birthday, Maisie Ferrugia. Love always, Dad, Mum, Dulcie, Amy, Sarah, Cubby and Doggy. C-O-Y-G. The Nelson family, enjoy the game. Have a great time. Here's to a great result. Much love, Ninny, Grimps and Leo. Happy birthday, Dad. Hope you enjoy the game and let's get the three points, boys. C-O-Y-G. Lots of love, Carol, Jade and Reese. Kelly, my gorgeous new wifey. Happy birthday. So happy we can spend your day at the Arsenal. I love you. Happy 70th birthday, Gary Rose. Loyal and regular supporter with his sons, Grant and Scott. Best wishes. Love, Tracy and Donna. Happy 8th birthday to Jesse. A massive Arsenal fan who is at the match with his brother Jude, his dad, his uncle Tim and cousins Finn and Luca. Love mum and dad. Arsenal remembers. John Victor Wilson, 1954-2023, to 
RIP Dad, a true gunner for over 60 years. You will be missed, but loved forever. Hashtag COYG. Roxanne Nadia Greensmith, 10th of June 1986 to 30th of September 2023. Roxanne was a woman of unparalleled strength and resilience who has left an indelible mark on all who had the privilege of knowing her. Spencer Hayward, 1961-2023 Loving husband and father to Linda, Joe and Sam. Missed, but forever remembered by all his family and friends. Charlie Killington, 1999-2023 our boy who left us far too soon, but will live forever in our hearts. North London forever. Steve Hedford. Thinking of Steve. Always with us and never forgotten. Love Nikki, Liam, Lucy and Laura. Phil Webb. Remembering lifelong gunner Phil Webb. May he rest in peace. Together, David Raya. We speak to our first team players about what togetherness and team spirit means to them. Our goalkeeper on his footballing journey that has taken him from Catalonia to London, via Blackburn and Southport. Moving from your hometown in Catalonia to an outpost in Lancashire at the age of 16 could have been a daunting prospect, but the unflappable David Raya took it all in his stride. In fact, adapting to new surroundings and settling into new teams has come naturally to our Spanish goalkeeper throughout his career to date. Starting out in the footballing hotbed of northeastern Spain, it wasn't long before the budding goalkeeper was picked up by one of the region's top academies, and his journey really began. I've always found it easy to join new groups and make friends, he says. I've been part of a team ever since I started playing football, when I was just four or five. My first team was my local side, called Corbera de Llobrigat, and I was there for a few years before I got scouted. I was always a goalkeeper, but in school I played outfield as well, when it was the small-sided games. But I always had a passion for goalkeeping, which started from a young age. I've got a brother who is three years older than me, and he was a striker. So, because I was the younger one, when we played in the garden, he put me in goal. But, to be honest, I liked it, and felt I had something there. My friends always said there was something there with me that made me a good goalkeeper, and I liked it, so it just stuck. It soon became clear that David's talents could extend to performances outside of his back garden too. He stood out in those early days in Corbera de Llobrigat and enjoyed being the player the rest of the team all turned to and depended upon. When I was young, yes it's true, I was often the one saving the team, he laughs. We won the league when I was at under eights, I think, and after my performance that season, I got scouted to play for Cornella when I was about nine or ten. Cornella was always known as the third best academy in Catalonia, after Barcelona and Sevilla, and it still is. I moved there not really thinking about having a career or anything, but just enjoying taking the step up to an academy. 
I would be playing against the best teams in Catalonia. So that's when you start to realise you are a good player, but you still have a long way to go. Although still young, this was when football started to become more serious for the budding goalkeeper. But David says he found the transition to academy football to be seamless. I fitted in very easily to my new team. He recalls, at that age, you're all just kids having a good time and playing football together. I always found it easy to go into a new dressing room and enjoyed being part of a new team with new friends and making new relationships. As one of the star players in the side, he was often named captain too. I enjoyed that leadership and trying to be a role model for the teams in terms of behaviour. That's part of who I am anyway, and I like taking that responsibility. It's never something that I've looked for actively, but if it comes to me, I'm happy with that. Working his way steadily through the age groups at Cornella, it was only a matter of time before the big clubs came knocking, and it was then Premier League side Blackburn Rovers who took a punt on the teenage keeper. That was a massive change, he says, of the move to Lancashire from Catalonia. But I didn't have any doubts about it at all. Obviously, I spoke to my mum and dad about it, and they were very open when we discussed it, and they wanted the best for me. They said it was a chance I couldn't turn down because it might only ever come once. They said to try it, and if it doesn't work out, I've always got a home to come back to. But at least you can say you've tried. I think it was harder for them than it was for me. The good thing for me was that I had one of my ex-teammates, Hugo Fernandez, already at Blackburn because he had signed the year before. Blackburn and Cornella had a relationship where they sent players on trial or on short-term deals. So every six months, Blackburn would send scouts over to watch us and then decide which players they would bring over. So I first went over in 2011 on trial for four days. There were about ten of us, and I was one of the oldest. I was about to turn sixteen that September, but in England the age groups run from September to August, so I would have counted as an under fifteen if I was to join that season, which is too young to move to a club abroad. So I waited until the following season and joined halfway through, so I could learn the language and adapt before I started with the under eighteens. I spent six months training with the under 18s. This was when Blackburn were in the Premier League and playing for the under 16s at weekends. Sometimes I would train with the first team too if they needed a keeper. So it was a great experience for me. I'd say the moment I realised I could play football for a career was when I signed for Blackburn's academy. Aside from dealing with the obvious differences in culture and weather. Plus, being away from his family, David didn't speak any English either. But he threw himself fully at the new challenge and embraced his new surroundings. I didn't speak any English at all when I arrived. Nothing. Everything was different for me, and I moved over on my own. My family were in Spain still. I was in digs right at the academy training ground, so it was fine. He says I settled very easily. To be honest, I tried my best to speak English as much as I could. And I tried to really be a part of the group. Obviously, I had Hugo with me, which made it easier. And there was a family over the road from me that had lived in Malaga for a long time. I still call them my English family because they also helped me a lot when I arrived. Not long after he arrived at Blackburn, they were relegated to the Championship. But David continued to progress before signing pro forms aged eighteen. 
It was then time for him to get his first taste of senior football, on loan at Southport in the Conference Premier. The three months I spent at Southport were some of the best times of my career, in terms of learning and development, he recalls with a fond smile. I was 18, turning 19 at the time, and I was used to life at Blackburn, where they made your breakfast for you. They did your laundry, everything. But when I went to Southport, I had to do everything for myself. For home matches, I'd have my pre-match meal at home, and at Blackburn, I wasn't used to that. It was a big learning curve, and basically, I had to grow up and toughen up. That was the intention of the loan, sending players to non-league. You learn a lot, because it's proper football and you play against men, and wins are so important. Your win bonus combines with your wage, and you need those wins to pay your bills. You realise how important that is. He played 19 times for the Merseyside club during his short-term loan, including a big FA Cup third-round tie away to Derby County. And at the end of that season, he made his debut for Blackburn in the Championship, away to Leeds United, while still a teenager. After four more years at the club and more than 100 appearances, he was signed by fellow Championship side Brentford, instantly becoming a regular and fans' favourite and helping them win promotion to the top flight in 2021. After two seasons excelling in the Premier League with the Bees, he moved from West to North London, signing for us on loan at the start of the season. Again, it's a move that the Spain international has adapted to impressively quickly, making his debut just a month after joining and barely missing a game since. My first impressions of Arsenal were amazing, he says. It's a dream to play here, one of the biggest clubs in the world. It was a dream move for me, and the step up was something I needed in my career. I'm 28 now, and I wanted that step up to challenge myself. I wanted to play in Europe and to compete for and win titles. It was something I really wanted to do, to test myself. And how about adapting to a new dressing room and settling into a new team? It's been great. All the players have helped me. I didn't know any of them personally before I arrived. Obviously, I know them from playing against them, but I didn't know them well, and everyone has welcomed me with open arms. The dressing room is great, and all the staff too, so everyone has helped me to settle in. I'm still adapting to the club and the place, but so far, it's going very well. I think here, we have a really good team spirit. Not just the team, but the staff as well, from the top to the bottom, he adds. We are going in one direction. Everybody wants the best for the club, for our people. And that's the way it's got to be for a successful team. For me, it's all about togetherness. Everybody is pulling in the same direction and we have each other's back. We are all friends here. We can go out together. We can have lunch together. The staff too. We are all as one group. We know what we want and what we want to achieve. Off the pitch too, David has moved house and he's settled with his girlfriend, and admits he feels increasingly English. He even pronounces his first name the English way. I've been here for 12 years now in England, so I feel part of the culture, and I feel like this is my home, he says. Obviously, home will always be home, but I feel very happy here in London and in English football as well. My fave shirt Supporters tell us about an Arsenal shirt they hold in particular affection. 
This evening's collector is Jeff Arnold, who is 44 and a lifelong supporter. Originally from Bristol, he has lived in London since he was 18. My favourite shirt is the 1990-92 goalkeeper jersey. I was wearing this when I met David Seaman and Alan Smith at the Arsenal Soccer School in 1992. It was a really special moment for me, as you can tell from my very proud smile. I love the iconic Adidas Trefoil logo, old club crest and the AFC collar detail. But what really makes this shirt stand out is the contrast between the unique emerald green design and the navy blue padded shoulders, sleeves and cuffs. I think it's the greatest goalkeeper shirt in our history. You can't see this shirt without thinking about the one and only safe hands David Seaman. He signed for Arsenal in the summer of 1990 for a British record fee of £1.3 and made an immediate impact, having a brilliant first season. He played every league game, conceded only 18 goals and kept a staggering 24 clean sheets as Arsenal won their second title in three years. We were so exciting to watch with the likes of Merson, Limpar and Smith and we came incredibly close to becoming the first Invincibles, losing just one game all season. I'll never forget Alan Smith scoring a hat-trick as we beat Manchester United 3-1 to confirm our title triumph. It was a really exciting time to be an Arsenal fan after the incredible drama of winning the league in the dying seconds at Anfield in 1989. Over the next year or so, manager George Graham improved the squad with a few astute signings and the 1990-91 season was the most attractive football we played during his reign. My father passed away a couple of years ago and this shirt brings back a lot of happy memories of us playing football in my local park and him taking me to my first ever Arsenal match at Highbury in 1993. I chose the shirt in a mail-order catalogue and was so excited to try it on when it arrived. My parents then hid it away for my Christmas present but I snuck into their wardrobe while they were out and tried it on again. I just couldn't wait to wear it. Unfortunately, I wore out my original shirt as a child, but a few years ago, I bought a vintage adult one in fantastic condition. It's one of the most special shirts in my collection now, and I do wear it occasionally, either to watch an Arsenal game or just to impress my friends. Did you know... David Seaman's staggering 24 clean sheets in 1990-91 included six in a row in October to November 1990, followed by four in a row in March to April 1991. We slipped to fourth in the following season, but safe hands still kept another ten clean sheets in this iconic shirt. Are you a shirt collector? If you share an interest in collecting Arsenal kit, there is an Arsenal shirt collectors group of over 3,500 members worldwide who buy, sell and swap Arsenal kit from all seasons. All welcome. You can find them on Twitter at shirt underscore Arsenal or Facebook www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash 986202461. Community Highlights Arsenal Acts Choice Moments from our local projects in 2023
It has been another busy 12 months for Arsenal in the community, with new projects, special guests, events at the Arsenal Hub, and thousands of local people benefiting from our work. And as ever, helping our participants to feel a sense of belonging in their community remains at the heart of what we do. Our projects cover three main themes social inclusion, education and employment and sport and health. And we have tried to cover them here as we pick one highlight from each of the last 12 months. It's impossible to showcase the breadth of our work in a dozen photographs, but it does give a taste of what we do. Our support for local people will remain unwavering. The challenges our communities face continue to drive our response, and our support is as important as ever says Freddie Hudson, head of Arsenal in the community. To find out more, visit arsenal.com slash community. A. January Our Shape-Up pilot programme finished in December 2022, and the results were so positive that we immediately launched the project in early 2023. Shape-Up is our weight management programme for men, a 12-week behaviour change course that provides education around nutrition in a non-judgmental, sustainable and engaging way. B. February Early in 2023, we launched Gunners for Change, a groundbreaking project to help and inspire Arsenal Academy players to become more involved in the club's community projects. The initiative is overseen by the department's club link officer, whose role is to coordinate the academy players' engagement with Arsenal in the community programmes. Beyond this, Gunners for Change also shines a light on the social action by our own workforce, including the senior men's and women's players and supporters, as well as the participants in our Arsenal in the Community projects. C. March it was quite a year for Lotto Vuben Moy, who as well as winning the Continental Cup, reaching the Champions League semi-finals and establishing herself at the heart of the Arsenal defence, also found time to set up Time to Explore, a programme that gives girls a chance to explore how to express themselves through football, art and writing in a non-traditional way. D. April Arsenal in the community projects span the generations. Here, our sports study students deliver a gadget workshop to Islington residents to support their use of technology. E. May On Tuesday, May the 31st, more than 800 people descended on Emirates Stadium for our annual hashtag Play on the Pitch event which gives our participants the amazing opportunity to play on the hallowed turf where their heroes ply their trade. Attendees, whose ages ranged from 8 to 65, played a mixture of matches and challenges, as well as engaging in educational workshops throughout the day, and they were joined by Arsenal Academy players Amario Cozier-Dubery, Noah Cooper, Josh Nichols and Hubert Grassick. And Gunnosaurus, of course. F and G, June. 
We were incredibly proud when Reese Nelson and Kaylin Marchese were named as the Professional Footballers Association (PFA) Community Champions for the 2022 to 23 season, in celebration of their work off the pitch throughout local areas. The PFA Community Champion Awards recognise players who have gone above and beyond for their club's local communities. With recent Kalen honoured for their commitment to our work in Islington and beyond. H. July, a group of Islington care-experienced young people enjoyed a huge surprise at the Arsenal Hub as singer-songwriter and Guna Mabel paid them a visit to encourage them to follow their dreams. The Brit Award-winning musician stunned the group. When she made a surprise arrival during an Arsenal kickoff session, a home learning and football after-school club provided by Arsenal in the community, she held a Q&A session before taking part in a game of football, joining them for an end-of-term feast and to top off a memorable afternoon, giving each of them an Arsenal away shirt. I August. Congratulations to our BTEC sports students, who not only completed their studies but achieved the best set of results to date. Our range of sports development and coaching courses offer people young and old to take their first steps into careers in these fields, and these graduates are well on their way. J. September. Talking of students. In September, we welcomed a new intake to the Coach Development Program, our comprehensive two-year coach education course. Students gain experience by leading and supporting sessions across our range of community projects, gain qualifications, and can even work abroad. Notably, supporting the Arsenal Foundation's Coaching for Life program in Zaatari Refugee Camp in Jordan, or at placements across the United States. K October, Arsenal in the community played host to Kicks Not Flicks, an annual football tournament that raises money for the Ben Kinsella Trust, one of our No More Red charity partners to help combat knife crime. This annual event, which started in 2017 with the aim of raising funds for Grenfell residents, has shifted its focus to addressing knife crime issues. And has attracted a variety of teams from different parts of London. L. November. Arsenal's commitment to inclusivity was on display during Anti-Bullying Week, when even the youngest members of the club rallied behind the cause. In keeping with tradition, our under nines and under tens sported quirky and mismatched socks during their training sessions and matches. To celebrate individuality and self-expression, we also invited children from St Mark's Primary School to join us at the Arsenal Hub, where they took part in anti-bullying workshops and discussed the significance of kindness and understanding. M. December, our double club program celebrated its twenty-fifth birthday, and in that time. Our coaches and players have helped children in the classroom and on the football pitch. Since the historic league and FA Cup double in 
The Double Club has played a pivotal role in supporting local primary school children via a unique blend of education and football. More than 10,000 young people have taken part since the project's inception, and it's still going strong today. Sustainability. Arsenal Acts. Food for thought. Many religious festivals are strongly associated with food, and during the festive season we often buy and consume more of it, with the traditional Christmas dinner taking pride of place. Unsurprisingly, the good old-fashioned turkey features among the best sellers, with more than 10 million being consumed in the UK alone. Then there's the Christmas pudding, with 25 million being sold each year. Once you add accompaniments, that's an awful lot of food. But have you ever considered the impact of your feast? While not wishing to ruin anyone's appetite, we would urge you to consider the effect all this indulgence has on our planet. It has been estimated that a full traditional Christmas dinner with turkey and pigs in blankets is responsible for around 1.5 kilograms of carbon dioxide per plate. We have talked about the impact that meat has on the environment and how reducing the amount we eat can be an effective way to reduce our individual carbon footprints. Buying local is also a great way to also reduce emissions from food. So finding a good local farmer, or at least British and organically sourced, is a great way to ensure we have the food we love, but at a lower cost to our planet. And when the days of turkey-derived lunches, ranging from sandwiches to curry, are over, the way food waste is dealt with is another important part of reducing our impact. Like many homes and businesses, Arsenal has been separating its food waste across all of its sites for several years. Anaerobic digestion is a natural process in which plant and animal materials are converted into useful products by microorganisms in the absence of air. The process releases biogas, mainly a mixture of around 60% methane and 40% carbon dioxide, which can be used directly to provide heat, power or transport fuel. Biogas can also be purified by removal of the carbon dioxide to produce biomethane, which can be fed directly into the public natural gas grid in the same way as natural gas or used as a vehicle fuel. The types of materials suitable for anaerobic digestion include food waste, slurry and manure, crops and crop residues. But don't let that put you off your Christmas lunch. Did you know 47 recycled tea bags can generate enough electricity to power a TV for 70 minutes? Two banana skins can provide charge for up to three smartphones. One caddy full of food can generate enough electricity to power a fridge for 12 hours. Eight caddies of food waste could generate power to a DJ set for an hour, worth considering if you're planning a New Year's party. Six tea bags can provide enough energy to boil a kettle. 32 banana skins can power a typical family home for up to an hour. 22 tea bags can power a vacuum cleaner for 10 minutes. Whatever the weather. 
Our Arsenal Forest in Africa is continuing to thrive as we head into 2024, even if conditions for both the workers and the trees are far from ideal at the moment. The climate is changing fast in tropical Africa. In fact, that can give our team of tree planters some major challenges. It used to be that the big rains would arrive regularly in April and May, and the little rains around October time. But over the past few years, the normally reliable weather patterns have become disrupted. Right now, it's raining unusually heavily over in Kenya. Conditions that are thought to be the result of a strong El Nino temperature anomaly in the nearby Indian Ocean. The extreme level of rainfall allied to the constant equatorial sunshine means our neem trees are doing really well, but the weeds are also getting a boost, while the flooding that is now affecting Bore can make the roads impassable at times. Getting to the Arsenal Forest planting site is proving quite difficult for the weeders, but we know this is a challenge they will overcome. In fact, only recently, members of the Bore lions and lionesses made it across the river that borders our plot to the north to plant more neem trees. Be a part of the Arsenal Forest. For more on the project and to buy your own trees for just £1 each, scan the QR code in this page of the programme. Academy Young Gun, Miles Lewis Skelly. The Basics. Born Denmark Hill, September 26, 2006. Joined May 16, 2015. Height 5 foot 10. Position Central Midfield. Boots Copas Adidas. School Aldenham School, Elstree. Number 59. Rate yourself out of 100. Pace 85, dribbling 90, passing 87, shooting 80, defending 86, physical 90. I first joined the academy at under-9 level after I'd trialled at Chelsea and Tottenham Hotspur. Since then, I've been patient, keeping my head down and working. I don't think there have been any significant downs throughout my journey because I don't see anything as downs. I just see them as learning opportunities. Before I joined Arsenal, I knew Ethan Nwaneri because we were at Chelsea together and we've kind of gone up the ranks together. I've definitely become close to Josh Nichols as well since I joined the club. When I was offered a scholarship, it was an amazing experience, especially to be offered it early. It was a dream come true. Lots of boys in the world would love that, so I couldn't ask for anything more, really. My family were related, so glad, but they knew that this is where the hard work starts and I've got to push on now. I've always been an Arsenal supporter. My family weren't too into football. But as soon as I started playing, they've just been taking it on as Arsenal supporters through and through. My mum does a podcast to help parents in the industry who don't have as much support from other clubs, just to help them through the journey. We're the players, but our parents have a big role to play as well. They're ultimately our number one fans, so if they can get help on their journey, then they can support each other as well. The highlight of my time here is the FA Cup Youth Semi-Final against Manchester City last season at the Emirates. It was one of my greatest moments ever playing. Words can't describe the feeling of scoring that goal after all the hard work that I put in for that one moment. I made a late run into the box in extra time, 
Even when I don't believe or the team are tired, I always keep going. My best position is either a number six or number eight. I'm not too sure yet, but I'm just continuing to try my best to master both. Whatever it takes, I'm ready to play in the six or eight role. I wouldn't say I model my game on anyone because I'm my own player, but I look up to players and try to implement bits into my game. There's so much learning I can take from Declan Rice, for example. Every time I look at him, I'm watching him and looking to see how he's at the top of his game. What he's good at, I can use it in my game and try to reach the top. For me personally, it's not that hard to keep my feet on the ground because I know the level that I want to reach. I know it's an everyday process of getting better. To reach the top of my game and reach the best version of myself, every day I want to keep my head down and keep working. And I know that it's only the start. If I keep doing that, I think the sky is the limit. Seeing the lights of Bakayo, Eddie, Emil and Reese coming through the academy makes me even more determined and more able to believe in myself that it's possible. This season I'd like to break through to the first team so I can go into next season competing and battling with the best. The likes of Declan and Martin Odegaard, that's where I want to take it. Around the Academy Soldiers triumph on Wearside Kyan Edwards netted twice after the break to ensure a long trip to Wearside was worth the effort as our under-21s wrapped up the year with a 2-1 win against Sunderland on Monday, December the 18th. The hosts named a strong side with plenty of first-team experience as their new manager, Michael Beale, looked on. It wasn't about the win today, it was about what our boys did in that game, said under-21's head coach Mehmet Ali after the game. I was so proud of every single one of them. The boys that travelled today were soldiers in terms of putting on the performance that they put on, and that's what we're about. For us to come all this way, and play against a very strong Sunderland side with their new manager watching the game, I thought our boys were excellent. What we said to them was, can their new manager be talking about our boys at the end of the game instead of theirs? And credit to our boys, I think we did that. Despite trailing at the break, we managed to turn things around and remain unbeaten for the sixth straight game in PL2 to stay fourth in the table, in what has been an encouraging first half of the campaign for the under-21s. Mehmet is now hoping that some of his squad go on to impress out on loan in January, and has urged others to make the step up themselves. Revealing his half-time message, he added, we just said, don't worry about the scoreline, keep sticking to what we believe in and you will get your rewards. That's exactly what we did. We were fearless and I was really pleased with them. Some of the football, some of the areas we got into and some of the magic moments that we had in the final third, as well as some unbelievable defending. I thought every single one of them was brilliant tonight. I'm really proud of them. We've had a great half of the year, but now it's about players growing and playing men's football, 
and then the next crop of players coming in and trying to do the same. Finishing strong. After a disappointing campaign in the UEFA Youth League, the under-19s finished the tournament with an excellent performance in the 3-1 win in Eindhoven against PSV on Tuesday, December the 12th. It was the best possible outcome for the game, which was great for our boys to win, said coach Mehmet Ali after the game. I'm pleased for them. They've shown good learning. But ultimately, we're disappointed in this competition because we wanted to qualify out of the group and we failed to do that. But credit to the boys today. A good performance. Some really good individual performances from our back line through midfield into our front line, which was good to see, and I'm pleased that we won the game. One of those really good individual performances came from Amario Cozier-Dubery, who scored twice and frequently looked dangerous on the counter-attack. Him and Bradley Ibrahim were talking before the game, and Amario said he'd never scored a hat-trick for Arsenal, so I was hoping he'd get one, Mehmet added. He didn't, but he scored two. His second goal was very good, and his attitude and mentality every single day is top. He's had a bit of an injury coming back from international, and he's been a breath of fresh air since his return from injury, so really pleased for him. But all of the boys, I thought their performance, their work ethic, considering we couldn't qualify, they did it properly. They did it with quality, and we deserved to win. Charles Sago Jr. wore the captain's armband against PSV and was involved in the creation of all three of our goals. We're really pleased, because as an academy, we have three players who are on the bench for our first team this evening, added Mehmet, referencing Ethan Enwanery, Raoul Waters and Lino Souza. That's great, and that's what the job's about. Raoul has led the team in this competition, but Charles is a player who does everything properly every single day, works hard and deserved to lead his team, and he did it well. Our job is to make sure that the boys are ready if they get a chance in Arsenal's first team or get an opportunity elsewhere. It's not easy in under-19s football because there are a lot of ups and downs. And one thing that I say to these boys all the time is that it's the ones who have got the strong mentality to do the right things every day who end up having careers. That's what we push for. On the experience that the Youth League has provided our youngsters, despite some difficult results, Mehmet said, Our best two games have been against PSV, because I think we're both similar in terms of how we want to play, how we want to dominate, and it leads to an entertaining game, because you've got two teams going toe-to-toe, whereas in the other games, our opposition were very good at closing the spaces and then hurting us on the break and managing the game really well. It was a bit of a shock for our boys' systems, and we didn't deal with it well enough. But you want those games. You want our boys to experience that, and that will help them moving forward throughout their careers. It's Liverpool in the Youth Cup. Following a hard-fought 2-1 win over Fleetwood Town on Tuesday, December the 19th, 
we know that it's a trip to Liverpool for the fourth round of the FA Youth Cup. Interestingly, both of Liverpool's goals came from Jaden Downs, the son of former Birmingham City, Crystal Palace and Bolton Wanderers stalwart Neil Downs. And playing left wing for the Reds was Lewis Kumas, whose father Jason played against the Gunners on Boxing Day 2002 for West Bromwich Albion. At the time of going to print, a date hadn't been finalised for this fixture. But the FA requires all fourth-round fixtures to be completed by Saturday, January the 20th. Our most recent Youth Cup match against Liverpool came in 2020-21, when the Reds came out on top 4-0 in the quarter-final of the competition. However, the match coach, Jack Wilshere, will certainly be looking to channel the 2009 Youth Cup final, when Jack himself starred in a 6-2 aggregate win, scoring in the 4-1 first leg win. One of our strongest ever groups of young players, Jack was joined in that team by Francis Coquelin, Luke Ayling, J. Emmanuel Thomas, Emmanuel Frimpong and Henry Lansbury, among others. In fact, as of the start of 2023, the 2009 team had collectively played over 3,000 first-team professional games. A very good vintage. Boys in Brazil The academy team headed to Brazil earlier this month to take part in the Under-17 Flamengo Adidas Cup. Under the guidance of Under-16 head coach Michael Donaldson, the boys enjoyed a high level of football and a great life experience in South America. We took a very young squad, predominantly 2009 and 2008s, sprinkled with a few 2007s to the tournament, says the lead coach for both our under-15s and 16s. It provided invaluable experience in not only football, but an opportunity to embrace the culture of Brazil, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for some of our players. We were able to visit the Maracana Stadium and the Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio. The remainder of our 2007-born players stayed in London and played in the FA Youth Cup third round. We were the youngest team in the competition and were facing under-17s. We beat Flamengo from Brazil 2-1, then lost 3-0 to Brazilian finalists and national champions Sao Paulo before two narrow defeats, 3-2 to Atletico Nacional from Colombia and 4-3 against Santos Laguna from Mexico. It was a special tournament for one young player who's been making waves for the under-18s this season. Chido Obi-Martin was selected as the number nine in the team of the tournament, which was very pleasing for us, says Michael. It was also Samuel Chindu's 16th birthday, which will be one to remember. I'm pleased with an exceptionally high-level tournament, giving away nearly two years to some of the boys. This experience will prove a great foundation for their learning and development. Arsenal Women Spurs Nick the Points 
the Gunners finished 2023 with a hugely disappointing 1-0 defeat, despite having 30 shots at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Saturday, December 16th. We started on the front foot and Caitlin Ford nearly found Alessia Russo after winning possession in a dangerous area, before the England forward just failed to get her head on a cross from deep when Frieda Manham won the ball on the edge of the Tottenham area. Ford went closest to opening the scoring when her shot was deflected wide and Russo couldn't find the target from the subsequent corner. The pressure was mounting as Ford went even closer on the quarter-hour mark when she hit the far post with a rasping drive after Leah Valti had made amends for a rare misplaced pass. Lot Vuben Moy headed clear across from Celine Bezet-Ildushoy as the hosts enjoyed a rare spell of possession. In fact, it looked as if they had weathered the early storm well and the visitors hadn't actually had a shot on target, which was still the case when Ford blazed over at the near post on 40 minutes. That changed seconds later when Barbora Votikova tipped Manham's fierce shot around the post and again when the Tottenham keeper managed to get both hands on Victoria Pelova's precise lob, but it remained goalless at the break. Once again, the visitors started brightly after the break, with Manham forcing a low save from Votikova at her near post and Katie McCabe firing over from the corner. Moments later, Russo glanced her header wide from Meade's cross before Votikova made saves from McCabe and Manham, and Molly Bartrip made a crucial block to deny Meade as the pressure mounted. Manham also floated an effort just over the bar, and Meade then flashed a first-time volley past the far post. But it was the hosts who took the lead on the break just before the hour mark when Martha Thomas released Bizet on the right and then collected a return pass before slipping the ball past Zinsberger. Votikova made a diving save to deny Russo an instant reply and Bartrip blocked Manham's shot on the edge of the area. Into the final 20 minutes, Votikova claimed a McCabe free kick and we were unable to find what would have been a deserved equaliser. Tottenham defended resolutely, but still we could be frustrated at having had 30 efforts on goal, the most our North London rivals had faced all season, without finding the back of the net as we slipped into third in the Women's Super League standings. Viv's Century it wasn't the happiest of occasions, but when Viviane Medima emerged from the bench on the 65th minute of the Women's Super League derby on December the 16th, it was to make her 100th appearance in the Women's Super League. Viv, who suffered an ACL injury in December 2022, is the Women's Super League all-time leading scorer with 78 goals and her 34 assists also means she holds the record for goal involvements with 112. She will be hoping for more as she returns to full fitness in the new year. Goals galore in Cup Derby before that Women's Super League clash, the holders moved to the top of Group D in the Continental Cup after battling to a 3-3 draw with Tottenham Hotspur at Meadow Park on Wednesday, December 13th, and then claiming the bonus point in the resulting penalty shootout. 
The Gunners dominated possession early on and pressed high when the visitors had the ball. And on the quarter-hour mark, Noel Maritz's strike was deflected onto the woodwork. But it was the visitors who took the lead against the run of play when Celine Bizet Ildusoy's clever reverse pass released Ashley Neville to cross for Thomas to head past Sabrina D'Angelo. The lead lasted barely a minute, however, as the Gunners broke down the right again and Frieda Manham squared for Stina Blackstenius to clip the ball home. Catherine Kuhl had a shot blocked after great work by Vivienne Miedema and Barbara Votikova made a fine one-handed save from Katie McCabe's long-range drive. But once again, it was the visitors who scored on the break when Thomas released Jessica Naz to slot the ball home. This time, the lead lasted seven minutes. Kyra Cooney-Cross burst through midfield only to fire straight at Votikova. But soon after that, Manham was on hand to convert McCabe's cross and make it 2-2 at half-time. It didn't stay that way for long after the restart, however, as Cool gave the ball to Bizet, who slipped a pass through to Naz to claim her second of the night and give the hosts work to do once again. Neville headed off the line under pressure from Chloe Lacasse and Blackstenius missed from a corner before sub Caitlin Ford fired just wide on the hour mark. But the pressure was building and the third equaliser arrived on 68 minutes when Amy Turner headed a Cooney cross free kick into her own net. Ford flashed another effort just wide and sub Beth Mead saw a free kick saved as we pressed for a winner. But it finished 3-3. In the shootout, Sabrina D'Angelo saved from Jessica Naz and Alessia Russo, Rosella Ayane and Beth Mead all scored before Kit Graham hit the crossbar. Steph Caitley and Shalina Zadorsky both converted, but Caitlin Ford's effort was saved and Ramona Petzelberger reduced the deficit before Jennifer Beatty secured the bonus point. It's Watford in the FA Cup. We will begin our attempt to win the Women's FA Cup for a record-extending 15th time with a home game against Watford next month. The fourth-round tie will take place at Meadow Park on Sunday, January 14th, with kick-off at 2pm. Watford are currently bottom of the championship heading into the winter break, having picked up just six points from one win and three draws after being promoted from the National League South last season. United next at Emirates. Don't forget that our next game at the Emirates is another big one against Manchester United on Saturday, February 17th. Tickets are on sale now and selling fast. In fact, more than 25,000 tickets have already been sold in what is our fastest selling women's game to date. Early bird tickets for Manchester United are still available via Arsenal.com as they are for our fixture against Tottenham Hotspur at Emirates Stadium on March the 3rd. Visitors, West Ham United. Today's visitors, formed 1895. Stadium, London Stadium. Since 2016. Capacity 62,500. Chairman David Sullivan. Honours FA Cup winners 1964, 1975, 1980. European Cup winners, Cup winners 1965, 
Europa Conference League winners, 2023. Second tier champions, 1957-58, player of the year, Declan Rice. Most appearances, Billy Bonds, 799, 1967-1988. Most goals, Vic Watson, 326, 1920-1935. Famous fans, Ray Winston, actor. Danny Dyer, actor. Lennox Lewis, boxer. Kira Knightley, actress. James Corden, TV presenter. David Moyes, head coach. Born, 25th of April, 1963, Glasgow. Previously, Preston, 1998-2002. Everton, 2002-2013. Man United, 2013-2014. Real Sociedad, 2014-2015. Sunderland, 2016-2017. West Ham, 2017-2018. Reappointed as West Ham boss in December 2019, after a first spell in 2017-2018, David has enjoyed a tremendous career revival at the London Stadium, finally scooping his first major silverware as a manager this year at the age of 60 in the Europa Conference League. The Scot earned his reputation during an 11-year stint at Everton, but failed to see out the season after replacing Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. He had a brief spell at Real Sociedad, then returned to England only to suffer relegation from the Premier League with Sunderland. Whatever the outcome this evening, 2023 has been a year to remember for West Ham United. It was the year in which the club claimed their first major trophy since they beat Arsenal 1-0 in the 1980 FA Cup final, becoming the second winners of the UEFA Europa Conference League, thanks to a 15-match unbeaten run that climaxed in unforgettable style when Jared Bowen struck a 90th-minute winner to beat Fiorentina 2-1 in the final. Declan Rice was the skipper on that memorable night in Prague, leaving the club for Arsenal on a high after becoming only the third West Ham captain, after Bobby Moore and Billy Bonds, to lift a major trophy. Without him, David Moyes' team are enjoying another productive run in Europe. The Europa Conference League triumph earned them qualification for the 2023-24 Europa League group stage, and they've made it through to the round of 16 after convincingly topping their section ahead of Freiburg, Olympiakos and Serbian side TSC Bakotopola. Europe has become a favourite playground for Moyes' men, who also reached the Europa League semi-finals two seasons ago, famously knocking out competition specialist Sevilla en route on what was their European group stage debut. The Hammers earned that with a sixth-place Premier League finish in 2020-21, and access to the Europa Conference League came via seventh place in 2021-22. There was less to celebrate on the domestic front last term, however, as the East Londoners ended up 14th after a worrying flirt with relegation. West Ham counterbalanced Rice's exit in the summer with the recruitment of several new faces, signing Greek defender and ex-gunner Konstantinos Mavropanos from Stuttgart, England midfielder James Ward-Prowse from Southampton, and two World Cup participants from Ajax, Mexican midfielder Edson Alvarez and versatile Ghana forward Mohamed Kudus. The impact of the new purchases has been positive, 
with West Ham not only continuing to perform well on the European stage, but also showing up better at home, with their current position in the top half of the table suggesting they could earn another European qualification via the Premier League with a strong second half of the season. They won 2-1 at Tottenham Hotspur earlier this month and should have no fears about playing Arsenal either, after knocking them out of the Carabao Cup in early November with a 3-1 win at the London Stadium. 1. Lukas Fabianski Born Kostryn, Poland 18th of April 1985 Previously Legia Warsaw Arsenal Swansea City Now 38 Lucas joined West Ham in 2018 and is closing in on 200 first-team appearances. He was the club's first-choice keeper for five seasons until this term, but earlier this month reclaimed his place from Alphonse Areola. An Arsenal player from 2007 to 2014, he rivalled another former gunner, Wojciech Szczesny, for many years as Poland's number one, retiring with 57 caps. 20. Jared Bowen Born, Leominster, 20th of December 1996. Previously, Hereford, Hull. Jared joined West Ham in January 2020 for an 18 million plus fee from Hull and has proved a bargain buy, his winning goal against Fiorentina in Prague securing club legend status. The England international has been in excellent form this season, finding the net in the Hammers' first six Premier League away games and reaching double figures for the league in the recent 3-0 home win over Wolves. 28. Thomas Suchek Born Havlikov Brod, Czech Republic 27th of February 1995 Previously Slavia Prague Victoria Siskov, Loan Slovan Liberec, Loan Thomas was acquired on loan from Slavia Prague in January 2020 and later signed a permanent deal for £19 million that has proved to be shrewd business. The rangy 28-year-old's drive, aerial prowess and goal-scoring ability have made him a firm crowd favourite. A Czech international with 66 caps and 12 goals, he's barely missed a league game in his four years at the London Stadium. 10. Lucas Paqueta Born, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil 27th of August 1997. Previously, Flamengo, AC Milan, Leon. A gifted Brazilian who's taken over the number 10 shirt from the departed Manuel Lanzini, left footer Lucas has produced several impressive performances, notably in the Europa League, to help justify the undisclosed club record fee that West Ham paid Leon 18 months ago for his services. He was a regular for Brazil at the 2022 World Cup starting four matches and scoring one goal. 5. Vladimir Kufal Born, Ostrava, Czech Republic, 22nd of August 1992 Previously, Hucin, Opava, Loan, Slovan Liberec, Slavia Prague A double winner of the Czech league title with Slavia Prague in 2018-19 and 2019-20 Vladimir followed former teammate Thomas Suchek to West Ham in October 2020 for just £5.4 million. Adapting quickly to the demands of English football, the tough-tackling intrepid right-back has made the position his own. A regular Czech international, the 31-year-old has won 37 caps to date. 27. Nyafagwad Born, 
Kenitra, Morocco, 30th of March, 1996. Previously, FUS Rabat, Dijon, Rennes. A £30 million signing two summers ago from Rennes, Nayaf shook off an injury sustained soon after his arrival to become a key defender alongside new skipper Kurt Zuma, notably playing a prominent role in the knockout phase of last season's European triumph. He starred for Morocco at the 2022 World Cup, but then missed the semi-final against France through injury. 14. Mohamed Koudas Born, Nima, Ghana 2nd of August 2000 Previously, Norgeland, Ajax An exciting addition to the Premier League, Mohamed stood out for Ghana at the World Cup in Qatar and enjoyed a fine 2022-23 season with Ajax, scoring 18 goals. His arrival in August on a five-year contract was quite a coup for West Ham, and the skillful 23-year-old left-footer has begun to turn on the style in recent weeks, scoring several eye-catching goals. 7. James Ward-Prowse Born, Portsmouth 1st of November, 1994 Previously, Southampton A Premier League debutant at 17, James went on to become the skipper and driving force of Southampton, making 410 appearances for the club and scoring 55 goals, a sizeable number from his trademark free kicks. A long-time England under-21 stalwart, who also has 11 senior international caps, the 29-year-old joined West Ham in August following Southampton's relegation. 2023-24 Stat Pack English Premier League Top 5s Goals 1. Erling Haaland, 14. 2. Mohamed Salah, 11. 3. Sun Hyung Min, 10. 4. Jared Bowen, 10. 5. Dominic Solanke, 9. Total shots 1. Erling Haaland, 58. 2. Mohamed Salah, 53. 3. Dominic Solanke, 52. 4. Ollie Watkins, 50. 5. Darwin Nunez, 47. Percentage of goals involved in 1. Mohamed Salah, 50. 2. Huang Hee Chan, 47.6. 3. Dominic Solanke, 45.5. 4. Erling Haaland, 45. 5. Brian Mabuemo, 41.7. Dribbles completed. 1. Jeremy Doku, 44. 2. Mateus Cunha, 36. 3. John McGinn, 35. 4. Karu Matoma, 34. 5. Luca Colliosho, 33. Assists. 1. Mohamed Salah, 7. 2. Pedro Neto, 7. 3. Kieran Trippier, 7. 4. Ollie Watkins, 6. 5. Bukayo Saka, 6. Chances created. 1. Bruno Fernandes, 47. 2. Kieran Trippier, 45. 3. Bukayo Saka, 42. 4. Pascal Gross, 41. 5. Mohamed Salah, 41. Successful passes. 1. Lewis Dunk, 
1,367. 2. Rodri, 1,281. 3. William Saliba, 1,253. 4. Ruben Diaz, 1,245. 5. Thiago Silva, 1,193. Saves. 1. Wes Fodderingham, 81. 2. Bernd Leno, 73. 3. Andre Onana, 65. 4. Thomas Kaminsky, 65. 5. James Trafford, 64. English Premier League Spotlight. The team top of the Premier League on Christmas Day has failed to win the title in three of the last five seasons. The team bottom of the Premier League on Christmas Day has been relegated in seven of the last eight seasons. Scouting Report Tactics David Moyes uses a 4-2-3-1 as his primary shape, but without the ball West Ham United's formation tends to resemble a solid 4-5-1. While they've beefed up their squad with some excellent technical players this season, the Hammers remain a low-possession outfit. Averaging a 41.73% share of the ball, they're still very much built to defend with organisation before springing fast, incisive counter-attacks. No Premier League side has scored more goals from fast breaks, six, than West Ham. Style of play The Hammers are naturally cautious, but they can flick the switch and take a more offensive approach when required. Summer signings Edson Alvarez, James Ward-Prowse and Mohamed Kudus help greatly in this regard. All are industrious players who fit in with Moyes' demands for a strong work ethic. But individually, they also provide quality in possession. This has helped the team to develop a slightly more rounded style of play. Creating transitions by stealing the ball back inside the middle or defensive thirds through aggression is their stock tactic. From those situations they love to use the pace of Jared Bowen or Kudus to hurt opponents when quickly turning defence into attack. The use of Bowen as a central striker, who can rotate with Kudus, has given West Ham a different dimension. With them up front, West Ham try to play vertical explosive football as soon as possession is regained. Strengths West Ham's class of 2023-24 is finding goals pretty easy to come by, scoring in 15 of their first 17 games, netting multiple times in 5 of 8 away from home, they're dangerous opponents. Chance creation is not huge, but they're very efficient when opportunities fall their way. From an expected goals tally of 16.35 in open play, Moyes' side have actually scored 22 goals outside of penalties and set pieces. Bowen, Kudus, Ward-Prowse, midfielder Thomas Suchek and playmaker Lucas Paqueta have all been clinical. Weaknesses Selling Declan Rice to us for a record fee last summer has weakened West Ham's defensive resolve. While their new-look midfield unit has played well on many occasions this season, they miss the presence of a top-class holding midfielder who can screen service into opposition forwards. Conceding 30 goals already, 22 from open play. The East Londoners have managed just a pair of clean sheets, which is unusual for a team managed by Moyes. In fact, only two top-flight clubs, Sheffield United and Luton Town, have faced more shots than West Ham, 
who have the fourth highest expected goals against tally. This season's version of West Ham is less robust when they're put under pressure. Key man. Brazil international Lucas Paqueta has been one of the division's star turns in 2023-24. Playing off the left side of West Ham's midfield, often coming into half-space pockets, the playmaker has been excellent in and out of possession. His eye for a defence-splitting pass suits West Ham, so look out for Paqueta attempting through balls for runners here at Emirates Stadium. He's made more than anyone else in the Premier League this season. The 26-year-old is a clever dribbler. He can score from distance. And when the Hammers do have possession, he's comfortably their most impressive distributor too. What we've also seen from Paqueta this term is an insatiable appetite to work hard in a defensive capacity. At West Ham, he leads the way for tackles one and ball recoveries, proving he's not just a gifted individual, but also a reliable team player. Match action. UEFA Champions League, Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. Philips Stadion. PSV Eindhoven 1, Arsenal 1. Key moments, 19 minutes. Vertessen hits the post with a low shot. 29, Elneny strikes the foot of the post from long distance. 42, Inketia finishes smartly from Nelson's pass. Vertessen equalises with a pinpoint shot. 90. Trossard is denied by the keeper at the death. Quote, Reese Nelson. I played with a smile on my face. That's the main thing for me. I think I could show my quality in a lot of different ways. I got a lot of joy in the midfield coming inside and linking up with Ed, so it was really good. Match facts. Eddie Nketiah scored his first ever Champions League goal. Gabriel Jesus made his 50th Arsenal appearance. We scored in the first half of all of our six Champions League group stage games. Match action. Premier League, Sunday, December 17th, 2023. 2pm. Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 2, Jesus 53, Havertz 87, Assist, Nicotia. Brighton and Hove Albion, nil. Match stats. Expected goals. AFC, 2.34. BHA, 0.69. Shots, AFC, 26. BHA, 6. Shots on target. AFC, 9. BHA, 1. Hit woodwork. AFC, 0. BHA, 0. Possession. AFC, 49%. BHA, 51%. Completed passes. AFC, 463. BHA, 495. Corners. AFC, 10. BHA, 1. Tackles, 1. AFC, 7. BHA, 7. Offsides. AFC, 1. BHA, 1. Yellow cards. AFC, 1. BHA, 3. Red cards, AFC 0, BHA 0. Key moments, 32nd minute, Martinelli shoots over after great work from Odegaard in the build-up. 53rd minute, Jesus heads home after Saka's corner was flicked on. 74th minute, 
Verbruggen saves well from Odegaard. 87th minute. Havertz finishes well after running onto Nicotier's pass. Match facts. We named an unchanged side for the first time in the Premier League this season. Gabriel Jesus has been directly involved in 14 goals in 15 Premier League starts for us at Emirates Stadium. 9 goals, 5 assists. We are unbeaten in 13 home matches across all competitions. Won 11, drawn 2, our longest run under Mikel Arteta. Quotes, Kai Havertz. It was a tough game against a good team. I think we should have scored some goals in the first half, but we talked about some things at half-time and made it a bit better. I'm very happy with the three points. Teams For Arsenal Manager, Mikel Arteta Shirt, red with white sleeves Shorts, white Socks, white 1. Aaron Ramsdale, goalkeeper 2. William Saliba 4. Ben White 5. Thomas Partey 6. Gabriel Magalhães 7. Bukayo Saka 8. Martin Odegaard 9. Gabriel Jesus 10. Emile Smith-Rowe 11. Gabriel Martinelli 12. Jurien Timber 14. Eddie Nekataya 15. Jacob Kiwior 17. Cedric Soares 18. Takehiro Tomiyasu 19. Leandro Trossard 20. Jorginho 21. Fabio Vieira 22. David Rea, goalkeeper 24. Rhys Nelson 25. Mohamed Elneny 29. Kai Havertz 31. Karl Hein, goalkeeper 35. Oleksandr Zinchenko 41. Declan Rice 71. Charles Sago Jr. For West Ham United Manager, David Moyes Shorts, blue Socks, blue 1. Lucas Fabianski, goalkeeper 2. Ben Johnson 3. Aaron Cresswell 4. Kurt Zuma 5. Vladimir Kufal 7. James Ward-Prowse 8. Pablo Fornals 9. Mikhail Antonio 10. Lucas Paqueta 14. Mohamed Kudus 15. Konstantinos Mavropanos 17. Maxwell Cornet 18. Danny Ings 19. Edson Alvarez 20. Jared Bowen 21. Angelo Ogbonna 22. Saeed Benrama 23. Alfonso Ariola, goalkeeper 24. Tilo Kerra 27. Nayaf Aguard 28. Thomas Suchek 32. Connor Coventry 33. Emerson Palmieri 45. Divin Mubama 49. Joseph Anang, goalkeeper Referee Michael Oliver Assistant Referees Stuart Bird, Dan Cook Fourth Official Robert Jones 
VAR official, Craig Pawson. Additional VAR official, Ian Hussin. Tonight's other fixture. Brighton and Hove Albion versus Tottenham Hotspur, 7.30pm. No room for racism. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Premier League, Premier League, Premier League. The greatest show on earth. Greatest show on earth. Sky Sports. For racism anywhere. Arsenal and the rest of the Premier League will not tolerate racism anywhere, and we are taking action to combat all forms of discrimination. But we can all do more. Challenge it, report it, change it, and together we can make a positive impact. Visit PremierLeague.com forward slash no room for racism to find out more. Hashtag no room for racism. Challenge it, report it, change it. Premier League, Arsenal. Emirates, Arsenal official partner, travel with peace of mind, fly better. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 